Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it was a disappointing evening at the, it's really hard not to say the Medeski Stadium. Into my head, that comes straight away. I guess I just call it the Select Stadium. It's so much easier just to say that. 3-2 defeat against Bristol City. That is two defeats out of our three league games this season. Not an ideal start. It was a pretty exciting match, but not in the right direction for us as Royal supporters, but I've been joined by Jonathan Lowe from uh, Berkshire Live. Hi, John. Hi, good evening. And I've also joined by Nick Holton. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? Hi, Paul. Yeah, good, thanks. It was... <sighs> the bad news we got in the morning was that Lucas Jow was going to be out. George Puskas came into the team. What do we think about his impact, kind of like morale-wise, when you see that he's in the team instead of Lucas Jow? We can come into his performance later, John. How do you feel when you hear that news? Uh, you take a big sigh and and, and think, um, oh dear, well, that's what I think. Um, <laughs> I'm afraid I, I just don't really rate him. Um, mm. I think he's been given more than enough opportunities. And um, I mean, who knows what his uh, teammates think about him, but uh, I'm sure they're, they're slightly frustrated that he, he doesn't score more goals than he does. Um, and uh, probably I'd imagine the Bristol City players would have thought, uh, would have been rubbing their hands because I'm sure they'd much rather face George Puskas than uh, Lucas out front. And um, sadly, we, we saw, uh, yeah, how, how, big a, uh, how big a miss Zhao is and will be. Yeah, totally. Those comments backed up by Panovic after the game, saying that even the opponents know that there's a difference in physicality when you've got Lucas Jow up front. He's got a presence and, you know, talked about transfers and come on to that later as well. But talking about his performance then, Nick, a lot of comments about how many touches he made during the game. And that is one way of looking at it. Obviously, I understand that. But if you make if you make say twenty touches in a match, but one of them sets up a goal, you've still been effective. You don't necessarily have to touch the ball repeatedly. But the thing is, I think with George Puskas at the moment, he's just not having any impact. And it's not just about last night, is it? It's about over the last eighteen months or so. I'm sure it's not lack of effort. It's just not working for him though. Yeah, he's uh, he's just not offering enough on the pitch. And I mean, like you said, it doesn't necessarily matter how many touches they have. Their job is to really put the ball in the net. I think you get a bit more than that with Jao most of the time because he links up with other players really well. But I don't really think you get that from Puskas anyway. But when you look at back at some of his performances he's had for us, the Wigan hat-trick, which to be honest was only a 15-minute spell. He wasn't very good in that game either. Uh, and the Cardiff goal that you know, I've seen on Twitter again retweeted today, we know what he can do, but then he's done it about three or four times. Mm. And I can't put my finger on why why we can't get that on a consistent basis and how we can show that in one game and then be completely useless in every other game. It, it's it's a bit baffling, really. And it, it really annoys me that we spent so much money on him for what we get back in return. So frustrating. I want him to do well, but I've, I've just lost all faith in him, to be honest. Yeah, it is tough. I mean, the problem is we don't have any other options up there at the moment. I think maybe Aziz could go up there, but then you don't want to take a young player who's doing well in that position, John, do you? And then put him up there on his own? Or do you think maybe that is the best option? Uh, well, as I say, I don't really rate Puskas, but there is the, there is no one, obviously no like-for-like -like replacement. Um, you've got a couple of academy kids, but they're, they're very uh, unproven, un untested. Um 
I mean, he's probably, I would say, probably Aziz is probably a better option up front than uh, than Puskas. But then who replaces Aziz in sort of the attacking midfield role? Uh, again, there's, there's not many options with obviously uh, Ajaria out losing uh, Mike Willise. So, um, again, you're, you're kind of, yeah, you're not really improving the sort of the attacking threat of, uh, of the side overall. So it's a, it's a very difficult one. I think um, the only solution is, well, the only salvation is the transfer window is still open. And hopefully, uh, cross every finger that you've got, that uh, they can somehow get a deal over the line and bring in a striker. But, I mean, even then, it's not going to be a proven striker. I would have thought it's probably going to be some youngster. Um, and the chance of them hitting the ground running um, is, is unlikely, uh, to be honest. You're bringing me down, John. You're really no, are bringing no. me down there. Should I cut me off now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, your line's gone completely. But no, I understand everything you're saying. I think, yeah, it's really hard to disagree with, isn't it? But if we look at the game now, Nick, we started quite slowly, I felt. Not horrifically, which we've seen under some uh, you know, games and really in the last three or four years. But the first goal is just horrible. From a long throw, Chris Martin wins the flick. And people remember Chris Martin when he was at Reading and he didn't have a good spell. I would always point out that you just discovered that he had colitis at that point. So I think that is a massive uh, issue he had then. But the marking at the far post, to, for, well, there wasn't any for Weyman. Was there? There's none at all. It's just horrible. Yeah, he seems to be doing some zonal marking right now. And uh, even the Preston game the other day, we looked at, they looked threatening from set pieces only. And I think the zonal marking is part of the reason why that was. And it's the same again here. And every time they had a free kick, they'd go to the back post, head it across goal. And every time they had a throw in, they'd go front post, flick it to the back post, and we're in trouble. And I think the first goal, I think it was Pushkash and McIntyre between Chris Martin, and he sort of moved in front of Pushkas, and neither one the header flicks it on, and it's just there for the attacker to run on and knock it in. And I feel sorry for Raphael; he's completely exposed by by his defence, really. Um, not necessarily the defence, but the, the team defending the set piece. Uh, and they've got to start games better than that and deal with set, these set pieces because it's a real concern at the moment. Yeah. Um, then we go and top it off, Nick, don't we, with a second one, not that long afterwards in the 15th minute. But, John, do you th- I mean, I thought that was a cheap free kick for Josh Lawrence to be given away. Well, knowing our set-piece issue at defending them, I'm not sure we can be doing that. But they're defending afterwards. Yet again, Morrison gets knocked out of position way too easily. And it's a free header there for them to score. Yeah, it's just it's absolutely far too easy. And, and it could easily... Uh, have got quite ugly very very quickly had, had they you know got a third because the the momentum was all with them. Um, Reading looked uh, totally um, shambolic uh, all over the park defensively, and um, City were just cutting them open at set pieces. What annoys me at set pieces is that they bring every player back as well. Not one person stayed up top, um, so you've got all the players there. But you just need to organise them properly, and whether that's um, you know obviously that. You know, that is down to the manager primarily, but you've also got, you know, you've got senior pros on there. You've got Liam Moore, Michael Morrison. They should be organising uh, the team better. Um, Raphael should probably be getting into their ears a bit more and, and telling them what to do and, and where to be, uh, where they're defending, the, you know, these long throws and corners because, um, you know, it's clearly a problem. Um, clearly they've got issues and clearly something needs to change. So, uh, you know, we can talk all day about learning lessons and uh, improving the next game, but if 
it doesn't happen, then um, you know I, I think a lot of that goes on the manager. Uh, I'm afraid. Do you think, John, the fact that O'Shea's left has been a big factor? Because last season, for the first six months or so at least, we were fantastic defending against set pieces. I, I don't think so, to be honest. I I I mean, it's hard to know who, 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 which coach does exactly what thing. I mean, naturally, you know, O'Shea being a centre-back uh, doesn't necessarily mean that his teams are going to be uh, absolutely rock-solid defensively. Um, I think they were quite shaky last season as well, and I think... As we saw the second half of last season, uh, there was there was some times when uh, they looked very shaky defensively as well. So, um, no, I don't think it's got anything to do with, with John O'Shea. To be honest, um, I think it's just it seems to be a general theme really from for for Reading uh, over the past uh, don't know how many years really. Um, you know, under sorry, I reckon it's really depressing, aren't I? Um, you know, under, under Gomez, uh, I guess understand they're they're pretty resolute, but uh, under Gomez. Uh, uh, and Clement, they, they were very shaky defensively. I think Bowen got them uh, a bit more organised, uh, I would say. Uh, and under Paranovic, uh, it's, it's been a bit hit and miss, really. Sometimes they've looked uh, absolutely formidable at the back. Other times, uh, like last night, they've just uh, looked absolutely atrocious. So um, I think it's more of an underlying theme. Um, I can't put my finger on it. Um, it's the same players. Uh, but for some reason, they, they just can't do it on a consistent basis. Um, you know, over the course of you know, a couple of months, which is what you need at this level. Yeah, one player, yeah, we yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think has had a huge impact on us, there is uh, Omar Richards at left back. A left back, we look a mess, an absolute disaster zone. Tom McIntyre, I mean, bless him, he's trying. I don't think it's lack of effort there yet again. I keep saying that, but he is not a left back, not by a long way. In whichever position you want to put him, left back, wing back. When he goes to cross the ball, it just looks horrible. It really, he has not got that natural body shape. And why would he? He's a centre-half, so that's not his game, Nick. But one positive, though, that did come was the goal from Femi Aziz in the 19th minute. He just seems to be in the right position at the moment. Good build-up play down the left-hand side. So, positively, we're going good in the other direction. Bristow with the assist. Um, for me, Femi Aziz looks like he could be a really good talent for us. Yeah, he's fantastic, isn't he? He feels like he's he's a fresh player in the team. He feels like a new signing. He kind of is in a way because he stepped up from the academy and he's just stepped in so so easily. Um, I think he's going to score goals. He gets in good positions. I think he'll eventually start getting more involved in games. Uh, he didn't have much luck running in behind his six Bristol City were quite deep, but he's a worker. He's a runner. I think fans are going to really like him. He's talented. I think he will score goals. He's different to Mate, but I think in a similar way, he'll score goals when maybe he doesn't have the best game. I think he's always going to pop in the right position like, like Mate does. So not quite to the same extent, but I think he can plug the gap there to an extent where we're going to miss out on those goals. I think, like you said, putting him up front, yeah, could definitely do a job up there, but who would go on the right side if that happens? Um, the goal itself was great play for Bristow. He'll improve with games I'm sure he just needs to I guess get used to the senior level of football and the pace of the game um, funnily enough Pushkash missed the ball should have scored and what a finish from Aziz to be fair as well he, he wasn't messing around with that finish he just rifled it into that top corner and uh, he gave us a lifeline when it could have been a Bristol City route because at the time we didn't deserve to score they looked like they might get three or four goals from probably all from set pieces and we were a bit of a mess so uh, big relief. It got us in the game and um, we had a chance. So, 
great to see. And another goal for Femi, so no complaints. Yeah, I don't think we can underrate the finish because I've seen strikers miss from there, especially when they're yeah. early in their career. I mean, it looks easy, but the way he manages to put it top corner, and no goal he's going to yeah. save that. And it just he just looks confident in front of goal. It looks like a player who will score goals. Yeah, he's going to miss them, obviously. And I agree with Alex, who was talking about this on the pod of the weekend, saying there is a touch of mate in him. That sometimes he's going to take four or five chances to score a goal, but he's very young. I, I think you've got to give him time. And he's he feels like he's giving some kind of energy to the team. When he comes in front of goal, when he's got the ball, there's a little bit of excitement. It's a bit like when you saw Elise play with the ball last season. He hasn't got the same level of technique and he's not going to get as many assists, but he just brings that something aura when you've got it. And being in the ground, you actually feel that. There's a difference there. But John, what the hell were we doing in that second half? That third goal by Veyman was just atrocious. Morrison loses the header quite near the halfway line. And I don't know what's going on there with our defenders. They are just nowhere near anyone. And it's really worrying that this is becoming a trend. Seven goals conceded in the league in three games. And we could have conceded more as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I watched that goal back again earlier on. And um, even when he took it round, uh, when Veyman took it round, Rafael, there were you know, three players in front of the Reading players in front of him uh, you know, in and around the goal line but still none of them could stop it which kind of summed it up really um, as I say I mean as I alluded to it's kind of back to the dark old days of, of Paul Clement defending and, and that, that horrific goal against was it Burton I think on, on around Christmas time um, so yeah I mean and, and again that, that theme of just uh, straight after half time as well conceding a goal it, it just you know it puts you on the back foot um, because you know, two one. They they had a good chance of getting back into the game. They finished the first half strongly, um, but um, you know, City uh, easily got that uh, that third goal, and and just Reading had just given themselves too much to do. So, yes, it is a huge issue now that conceding uh, was it three goals uh, in three of the first four games. Um, you know, on, on paper, that's Reading's strongest area. Mm. Um, you know, I looked again at the, the back line today, and, and you know, you've got. Um, uh, Moore, Morrison, Holmes, McIntyre, Yedon, you know, Bristow, for all his faults, uh, well, inexperienced, he, he, he's done all right. Um, so, you know, there are options there. Um, but for, for, whatever, for whatever reason, they're just not clicking. And, um, you know, whether it's the change in formation or, uh, you know, Liam Moore playing at the Gold Cup, so maybe he's uh, not necessarily burnt out, but maybe, I don't know, some tiring because of that. Um, Morrison had his injury near the end of last season. Maybe it's something that hang over from that. Um, and I say we've got the the, the, the left back issue as well is is uh, clear for all to see. And no doubt teams are targeting that area to uh, to exploit Reading um, in the final third. So uh, yeah, there are a lot of issues defensively. Um, whether it's a case of just bringing a, a new player in, I don't know. Uh, two new players, I don't necessarily think that will just fix the problem. Um, and that is why I'm not a football manager. <laughs> I don't know. It wouldn't mind the wages, though, would you, John? That would be quite nice. I think the wages of being a manager would outweigh the you know, negatives. I don't know, actually. But I think about that a lot. I'm not sure. Certainly the running <laughs> yeah. wages, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. But then all of a sudden, Liam Moore, what about 10 minutes to go or so, decides to turn in David Luiz kind of like style for a moment, doesn't he, Nick? I mean, it wasn't quite a David Luiz strike, let's be honest. When you see it back, goalie 
possibly might think he should have saved that. But who cares? It went in. We're back to 3-2. Um, how shocked were you to see him score that goal? Because absolutely no way did I think you should shoot him, Liam. No, no part of me thought that at all. I 100% was thinking, do not shoot. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he's not known for his goal scoring for a defender. Uh, he does well to get sort of one a season since he's been here. I think maybe two one season. Uh, he's now got two this season already, which is incredible, really. Like you said, it's not like him. I mean, he's trying to take free kicks most weeks as well, and he's hitting the wall. Um, yeah, he gets up a half. Now, Nick, do you think he's going to want to put himself back on free kicks? Oh, I, I just wonder. No. He's got no right. I'd be furious <laughs> if he tried to take one off John Swift. But um, yeah, I think I'd rather see Raphael take them, to be honest. Um, yeah, the way you put it in the net, he, good run, sort of pushed through Masengo, drove forward, used his body well, used his strength well, um, hit it you know, in the corner, but it was like slow motion and maybe the keeper probably should have saved it. But it got us back in the game and for all his faults in that game, Liam Moore, um, he got us back into the game and gave us all a lift, I guess. So in a way, did a bit of a captain's action. Uh, it's a fair play to him and it gave us all a chance, a bit of hope. And for some reason, from that very moment he scored, we seem to want to play well. So... It's not the not the worst thing to happen. Two goals for Liam Moore as well. I just can't get my head around it. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I think one of the major reasons why we approved in that second half was the introduction of Tom Daly Brasherou. I mean, I thought he had a pretty decent introduction to playing for Red, and he didn't light up the whole of the stadium. He didn't look suddenly look like he was going to be messy, but he looked like he wanted to constantly go forward, and he looked like he wanted to find a teammate, and also more importantly. He played a lot quicker. He wasn't hesitating in letting the opposition close him down all the time, John. So I think surely he's got to be starting on Saturday. Yeah, I think without a doubt. I imagine he was giving that 45 minutes just to get up to speed because uh, he's only been in the, the, the building less than a week, I think it was last Thursday, wasn't it? That uh, They got the deal over the line. So, yeah, I think I was, I was very impressed with him. Um, you know, looked uh, sort of very determined to go forward, take on players, and uh, yeah, like you say, got up to the, the pace of the game and tried, tried to kind of uh, haul, uh, haul running back into it. So, um, clearly, he's, he's going to be maybe slightly nervous the first few games because of his, his knee injury and not wanting to aggravate that at all. But he played a few games over pre season for Watford, I think, uh, and did all right and uh, seems to have settled in, in well at Reading. So I think it, you know he'll have a point to prove. I think that'd be good for him, it'd be good for Reading. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him, him feature, uh, certainly for, from, uh, you know, hopefully from, from, from the off in the next few games. Yeah, definitely yeah, had a punch yeah. with Jari about him, Nick, didn't he? You looked at him and thought he's got a decent technique straight away. He kind of, he looked confident on the ball. And after being out for so long, you're never going to be a full pace straight away. But we also saw the introduction of Jamari Clark. Now, okay, he's a 17-year-old striker. He came on for his first ever action. We can talk about the decision the manager's made there. He's brought him on to replace Puskas when we need a goal, but... He had two very poor touches, Clark. Very poor. I can't hide away from that. But he's got the physicality. And we're at the point where we need someone up there who's going to be physical. It's desperate times. It's desperate times as a Redden fan. But I don't know. who. who which one would you go for? Jamari Clark? And what did you think of him? And would you start with Puskas on Saturday? Yeah, I saw him warming up. And he's a monster, isn't he, for 17? He's he's absolutely huge. Um 
he I don't think he was bad. I think like you said, he had the size thing. Uh is a big, big guy, big strong player, holds off defenders. And I know he's 17, but he was struggling off a few, a few men. Let's put it that way. He's a boy and he was struggling off men. Um uh yeah, a few very dodgy touches. I think his first touch he rolled the defender and sort of knocked it 40 yards too far in front of him. But there was a couple of moments where he, I think he spun a guy just inside the box at one point, tried to get it across goal. Uh, it looks like a talent. Uh, I'm not sure I'd start him on Saturday. I wouldn't be against it. I don't think we've got anything to lose. But maybe we need to give Pushkas that run to get up to speed. That's maybe what we need to do. And I'm not sure a lot of people agree with that. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with myself. But he's... Um, he needs that run of games to sort of get into the match practice. He was injured a lot last season, to be fair to him as well. And he was coming off the bench for 10 minutes here and there. He wasn't starting many games. And when he did start, he wasn't getting a second and third start. So it's hard to build up that run of form, I guess, and that match sharpness. So maybe maybe if we're going to give Pushkas some benefit of a doubt, maybe that's it. So I'd maybe start him the next two games, but I would not be against Jamari Clark getting a go. That's a big ask for a 17-year-old to come in and expect him to do a job. But physicality-wise, he's exciting. I like the look of him. But he does need to improve on his touch for sure. Yeah, maybe some of that was nerves as well. I mean, I understand it's a big situation for him to come into. Um, yeah, we could imagine playing as a 17-year-old. There's like 14,000 people there. You want to get a goal. You're desperate. All of a sudden, you're overthinking everything. So these things can happen. Raphael then makes a really good save later on to keep the score respectable, I suppose. It'd be better to lose 3-2 than 4-2. It's irrelevant, really. We still lose. But that's a positive from it. But we then move into the game that's coming up on Saturday, Coventry away. How do you think that's going to go, John? Um, I think it's a tough one. I think uh, Coventry, uh, I can't remember Coventry's results. I think they've had a fairly decent start to the season, haven't they? Um, you've probably got the... the maybe the facts in front of you, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it, uh, I think Michael Morrison was talking about uh, post-match last night about uh, wanting some revenge because of the beat their last season, which ended their their winning uh, unbeaten starts to the season. So um, yeah, I think it'd be an interesting clash. I think probably, you know, point would probably be a, a good result. Um, I, you know, it's, it's a tough one, obviously, without, without, uh, Definitely being without Jao and it uh, and Ajaria now, um, big, big, uh, big misses from the team. Uh, hopefully that they can offer enough going forward because you know that they are at least they are creating chances and there are goal threats still in the team. It's just whether they can um, keep things tight at the back. And I imagine that 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 will be and that certainly should be the priority. Um, so I imagine it should be a much tighter game uh, than we've seen in the past couple of weeks. And um, yeah, I'm sure that they they probably just take a point and uh, use that kind of a, as a as a building block going forward. It's it's uh, you know the end of a uh, I mean hectic in inverted commas couple, first couple of weeks of the season, uh, Saturday Tuesday. So um, you know, there might be a few tired bodies out there, but um, yeah, I think a tight game. But uh, I think a draw would, would probably suit Reading. Yeah, I'd well take a draw right now, wouldn't you, Nick? I mean, um, it's a point on the board. You're moving forward. Coventry got. Two wins now, haven't they? They won last night as well. They got a win on the first day of the season against Nottingham Forest with a 97th minute winner as well. I must point out that Jamari Clark is 18. Jonathan has uh, told me that via the uh, chat. So I appreciate that. That's why you're a journalist and I'm not. But yes, yeah, Nick. Was 18 yesterday. Oh, okay. So if we'd have done this yesterday, I would have been all right. <laughs> so, uh, Nick, what's your score prediction for Saturday then? And how do you think it's going to go? 
I have a feeling we might not do too well. Um, I think I think Tom Deli Bashir is going to come in to start on the left. I'd like to think Bristow might play over McIntyre left back and just give him a chance. Uh, but Coventry on a bad side. They've got six points already, like you said. Um, I just don't think we look very solid at the moment. And away from home, if you're not solid, it's, it's, it's trouble. And you've got the fans back and they're going to be pushing Coventry on and it's not going to be an easy game. I think they're going to do okay commentary this year, to be honest. I, I think once players are back and maybe we get some signings in, I'll be a bit more confident with away games. Um, I don't think we'll get smashed. I think we'll maybe lose 2-1, but I'd, I'd love it if we would got a point. That'd be just a positive point. I'd be happy with that. I don't mean to sound too negative, but I, I feel like we're going to lose 2-1. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely spot on, but I'm going to try and end it with a bit of positive positivity, if only I could speak. I'm going to say we're going to win 2-1. Um, that's based on absolute blind faith, which a lot of this podcast is based on since I've ever started it. That is a theme if you're a Reading fan. If you're listening to that, you'll totally understand that. So thanks a lot for listening. We will be back with a preview show with Matt Williamson hosting it before the game. That'll be out on Friday afternoon. We'll also have a post-match one probably on Sunday after the commentary match. So cheers. Thanks.